Welcome to Olivet Community Church. Wow, this is a big day for us. We are, for the first time, live streaming, and we're so grateful that those of you who have been with us every week on the internet are with us now, and we're so excited because we are just one week away from being able for many of us to be back together. And so I just want to welcome you in Jesus' name, and I just want to rejoice with you in God's gracious provision. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Uh, he has been faithful through the midst of this. I wonder if you would do me a favor, if you would take out your phones and, and uh, text your name to uh, area code 812-457-9509. And if there's some way that we can minister to you, that we can be the body of Christ that we believe in together, um, let us know. Write it down on that if you would. Um, if there's, if there's um, answers to prayer. And, and by the way, the Sunday morning, what an answer to prayer that people were able to express their, their um, grief and their passion and their, their, um, their special needs uh, uh, for justice over the last few days here in Evansville in a way that, that, um, that honored God and blessed our community and protected and provided for people's safety and, uh, and needs. And so we have so much to be thankful for. In fact, let me just thank God for that right now. God, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for providing for us. There's nothing in us that deserves your gracious provisions. Father, we are broken people like all those around us. But God, we have come to find in you a source of life. And so as we gather together today, our great desire Lord, is just to lift you up, to lift up the name of Jesus so that all of us might be drawn to him and find our peace in him. Oh, we love you, God. We dedicate this service to you in Christ's precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, a couple of other quick announcements before we continue in worship. We will be together next week in, um, in person and uh, I'm not sure if you can see it, but that we have uh, many people in our sanctuary right now who are here to help prepare the way. They were here this morning to plan and how we can, from every step, from driving down the street until you are in worship, until you leave and are back home, how we can provide for your needs in a way that makes you feel comfortable and safe. And so we're grateful for those of you who are uh, spending your Sunday morning helping us do that this morning. But we want to just summarize for a moment um, we will be worshiping together at, um, at 9 o'clock uh, next Sunday morning. And because we've learned that in order for that to be live at 9 o'clock online, that we need to, um, that we need to 
start about a minute before, we just encourage you to try and be here by a quarter to nine. Our teams will greet you in the driveway. They will direct you to where to park. We're going to enter through one door uh, over here. We'll direct you to that place. We're going to um, bring you all the way in and invite you to be seated as family groups. We are asking, and you can't see it, but I can see it. We are asking that that uh, for your you as a congregation, as you're seated, that all of you would bless one another by by wearing your masks. I'm not going to do that. Um, we're going to keep separation between me and you um, so that people could see my lips and read my lips. And um, uh, But I will. all of our team will put on a mask whenever we're with you. And uh, we invite you to um, wear masks and, and keep them on the whole time. We do invite you to sing, but, but um, um, we just invite you to wear that mask to help protect those around you during that time. Um, we're going to worship, so you're welcome to stand and sit and, and, and interact with, with the Lord any way that, that um, is a part of your worship experience. But I'm so grateful for all of you and your willingness to, um, to uh, honor other people. Uh, everyone is at a different place, amen? And what one person is very comfortable with, another person um, might bring them anxiety and fear, and so... We, wanna, uh, we just want to invite you to honor one another in the best way that we can. I, would, I need to say again, I'm going to invite you to leave those numbers up if you would, Chris. Thank you. Uh, so I can see them continually. The, um, we want to invite uh, you to, um, as you uh, come next week as well, to, uh, to uh, please um, come and join us and then exit quickly at the end. Um, once you get out the doors, you're welcome, whatever you're comfortable with, to interact but um, we're just going to ask you to, for these next, this next month, and, and isn't God good? Isn't God good? Uh, for the most part, um, uh, our city has been spared through this so far. Uh, and we just want to make sure that that rides all the way out, that, that uh, we're faithful in uh, honoring one another in a way that allows this thing to run its course and, uh, and, and people to come back in full. Lord willing, my prayer is in July to be able to worship freely together again. If you're not there, that's okay, too. I would want to say to you that the CDC recommends that people over 65, I know that's changing next week, but uh, we continue to recommend that if you're over 65, if you have any compromising health concern, that you stay home and, and worship with us online. And we're so grateful for those of you who are doing that right now, and, and we just um, invite you to continue to worship online until we can be sure that it's safe for you to be with us. But we celebrate all of God's gracious provision. I'm so grateful for you, worship team. They worked so hard through this challenge the last two months to provide a worship experience for us. They're here today again to do that. A couple of announcements real quick before we continue to worship. We're going to um, uh, celebrate communion at, at the close of our service. Those of you here today, we're not going to celebrate it here today, but we invite you to go home and, and minister to one another with communion. But those of you online might want to get uh, juice and, and bread ready at home so that as we partake of it here, you can partake of it with your loved ones at home. And uh, at all of that, we just believe that, that this is a very special gift of God to us, and, and we need to know his presence. We need to experience his presence. We believe that God is spiritually present in these elements and that there's real grace for you as you, by faith, partake in it. And if for some reason you're not able to do that today, you can still participate by faith. Amen? 
you can still partake in your heart. And we just believe God is going to bless you and honor you as you, as you do that with us today. I want to just say, um, we are in crazy times. And, and many of us have um, had an amazing increase in awareness of, of the pain that much of our city lives in all the time. All the time. I have to tell you that, that last night I, um, I felt anxiety for our city. I, I felt anxiety for our uh, protesters. I felt anxiety for our police. I, um, and and the, the takeaway for me was that many in our community live in that anxiety all the time. Right? And that's wrong. That's wrong. We... Um, as we'll see in God's word today, we need to be a part of a solution. We need to be on the forefront of, of opening our hearts and opening every aspect of our lives to every part, every person created in God's image. And, and so, um, so our congregation is joining with churches throughout the country who are dedicating tomorrow to a day of lament a day of lament. I know that's an unusual word for us, but it means to just experience the, the gravity of our brokenness, right? Did you know? Did you know that 40% of, of over a third of the entire prayer book of the Bible, the Psalms, are Psalms of lament, right? They're, they're Psalms of, of lament. I'm saying, God, I don't understand what's going on around me. I don't understand the brokenness and pain. And, 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 and uh, they are a cry to God to reveal himself in the pain. And I want to say that another nearly a third is songs of praise. And, and, and another significant portion are songs of thanksgiving and declaration of, of God's provision. And all those things are important. But if you're like me, then, then a large portion uh, well, let me put that differently. If you're like me, then, then you might not lament well. And how are we going to truly repent if we haven't lamented? I didn't mean to make a play on words, but do you understand what I'm saying? So, so um, if you're able, we invite you to spend um, Monday, at whatever way you're able to divide it out, Monday, June 8th, in fasting and prayer and lament. And let's listen for God through his word. Let's listen for God through one another, those in the church, but also those outside of the church, those who, who, who are created in God's image and haven't yet experienced the blessing of genuine community. And let's be a part of a solution and not the problem. Fair enough? Is that okay? I'm, I'm speaking to the choir because I know your hearts, but, but the world needs to know the heart of Christ, right? And sometimes, um, sometimes it's not enough just to think good thoughts. Sometimes we have to speak those thoughts. Sometimes we have to act out those thoughts. So thank you. Thank you for considering joining me, my family, as, as we uh, spend a day in prayer and fasting and lament tomorrow. By the way, um, in a few moments, uh, our, our youth group is going to be heading to the Smokies. And a couple of them are here in the sanctuary already. And... And God bless you guys. We'll be praying for you. We have to say we're all jealous of you, right? 
but we trust that as you go out into God's creation, that, that uh, you'll experience his presence in a very special way. Lord, be with you as you travel next week. Finally, um, today we are um, wrapping up our experience of um, the Apostles' Creed. Um, we um, trust in God's word and all of that, and, and, and we go to God's word, especially in crazy times like this. But it's so comforting to know that, that we're not the first ones ever to think these thoughts. We're not the first ones ever to do this. There are people who have gone before who have learned to navigate, who found a deeper experience of God and have expressed it for us in those 110 words of the Apostles' Creed. So I just want to invite you. Um, today, we're going we're gonna to approach the, the final portion of the Apostles' Creed. We believe in the holy Christian church, in the communion of saints. We believe in the forgiveness of sins. We believe in the resurrection of the dead and the life everlasting. God has given us community even in our brokenness. And that community is called the church. And that church has as its foundation, as its cornerstone, our Savior Jesus Christ. Let's worship him together, shall we? church is one foundation is Jesus Christ
Father God, we are um, we're broken today. God, I'm stumbling because I'm, I'm, I guess in a way I'm grateful, God, that you've broken through the veneer of um, our self-righteousness. And you've shown us the reality, God, that apart from you, apart from the Savior's blood, apart from Apart from Christ's intervention in our world, we on our own selves would only hurt. We would only hate. We would only grieve one another and more importantly, grieve you. And thank you, God, that we are created in your image. Thank you that every person we lay eyes on is a reflection, no matter no matter where we've come from, no matter where we've gone, no matter what we've done or what's been done to us, we still bear the image of God in us. And thank you, God, that none of us, God, I'm so grateful that I'm not beyond your redemption. That even as you slowly reveal to me the areas of my life that are still unsurrendered to you, with, with every revelation, God, comes that word of grace. I can heal you. I can overcome this. So, God, believing that your grace is sufficient for us, believing that your power is not perfected in our strength, in our weaponry, in our, our political um, banter, believing that your strength is perfected in our weakness, we declare we are helpless apart from you, Jesus. And Jesus, we just cry out to you. Raise up a communion of saints. Raise up a visible expression of, of your kingdom through your church, God. And overcome our, our, our political, overcome our economic, overcome our sin over overcome our racial barriers. God allows us to see one another as you see us. Beautiful, created in your image, redeemed by the blood of Christ. 
And God, I thank you that as we limp our way into, into your provision for us, others, others will see, others will join, others will overcome. So we confess as we're before you, God, we are broken. We live in a dark and broken place. But God, we choose, even in the midst of the brokenness and pain, we choose to stand on your unchanging grace. We worship you, God. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging we gather here together uh, how to do um, our worship service in a new way, in a new place. And, um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right to our memory verse today. I want to allow plenty of time uh, for us to share at the conclusion of the service in worship and communion. Um, our memory verse is a familiar one uh, to you. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure if we're able to project it. Do we have it on the screen? So, um, so I'm going to need you to kind of listen and, and then repeat it with me. He has told you, O oh man, what is good. Would you say that with me? He has told you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Would you say that? 
and to walk humbly with your God. Our address is Micah 6, 8. The very word of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Well, wow. Um, as we bring to a conclusion this amazing time that we've spent um, in the Apostles' Creed, we, we come at the end of this to what looks like a, a disparate group of, uh, of, of passages, of, of statements. We believe in the Holy Christian Church. Many of you are used to saying Catholic. Catholic simply means capital C Church. doesn't mean Roman Catholic. It means capital C Church. We have memorized Christian just so we don't hit that stumbling block. But, but we found that God has given us this gift to live out the life that he has bought for us um, out of the Father's loving heart through the blood of his Son and by the presence of his Spirit, he has given us this gift of community to be able to live out this Christ life. Well, I'm, I'm smiling because I, I'm just in looking at the few people that are here today uh, in our sanctuary. How many times have I hurt you? How many times have I stepped on your toes? How many times have I sinned against you? But, but we're community, and, and you forgave me, and, and we, uh, we reconnected, and, and maybe we're even stronger as, as a result, right? Maybe even stronger as a result. So we do believe in this holy, set-apart Christian church. We believe in the common union of the saints, right? And, and we believe that, that that doesn't just include people that look like us. We believe that it doesn't include people from the same um, patterns as us, from the same socioeconomic status as us. We, we've caught the vision, amen? We've caught the vision of, of what the kingdom of God looks like. It's, for, it's written for us in many places. One of them, Revelation 7, people of every tribe and every tongue, every color, every background, every language, right, together, worshiping around one thing, the throne of God, right? The throne of God, and present there at the throne of God is God the Father in, in incredible glory. Present there around the throne is, is Jesus Christ looking like a lamb sacrificed, right? Present there is the power of the Holy Spirit. Beloved, God has given us a gift. So I want to explore that gift with you just for a moment today. And then I just know that I want to invite you into that gift as well. Right? So what is this gift? What is the church of Jesus Christ, right? It, it is the, the collection of people who have been gifted with the ability to trust in Jesus Christ and who have called upon his name. Do you remember when, when Jesus took his disciples uh, up to the no very northernmost border of Israel? He took them to the very place where one of the greatest um, denials of, of God had ever happened. It was a place called Caesarea Philippi. And it was, was where when the kingdom divided uh, after King Solomon, um, they set up a a center of false worship. And, and that place, many of you have been there, that place where, 
where, um, where Jesus took them was surrounded by idols. Do you remember? And he said to them, who do, you, who do the people say that I am? And, 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 and they reflected some of, the, some of the things that people said. It's much like our culture now. If you were to say, who do you think Jesus is? Some people would say, I think he was a good teacher. I think that he was, was um, even a holy man. I think that maybe he even was a prophet. But, but, um, but one person stood up then. Jesus said, who do you think I am? One person stood up, Peter, and said, I think that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Do you remember? This is Matthew 16, beginning around verse 13. And, and, and Jesus said, Peter, and, 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 and there's a play on words going here. His name means uh, rock, right? Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But God has revealed this to you, right? And, and Peter, on this rock, I am going to build... And then he uses this new term, uh, the church, the ecclesia, the gathering of people who have confessed him as Lord and have been called out of their brokenness and into life, who've been called out of their self-centeredness and into, into uh, ministry, who've been called out of their selfishness and into his service. And, and so he created then and, and I know there's been a lot of confusion. Uh, just for the moment, let me just say that, that we completely understand what Jesus meant to be the statement of faith that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is the foundation for the church with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We don't have to worry about, um, about progressions of of people from Peter, um, anybody, anybody who declares Jesus Christ as Lord is, is an heir of that promise, right? So what is the church? It's, it's a group of people who've been called out of their brokenness and pain, who've been called to their Savior Jesus, but then who've also been sent out to represent him to the world, right? To be the presence of Christ in the world. So what does this church do? We're going to see many aspects of it today, but let me just begin by saying the primary thing that it does is live out the presence of Christ before the world. And, and that involves proclaiming. That involves saying at some point, Jesus is Lord, and, and proclaiming the good news that God has, has offered to every one of his beloved the opportunity for, for faith in Jesus Christ. So, so it includes the opportunity to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not responsible for the outcome. We're just responsible to proclaim it and trust in God's sovereignty as people respond. So we, we represent Christ to the world by proclaiming the gospel to the world. But, you know, it goes beyond that as well. It means living out the Christ life before the world in such a way that they see Jesus and not us. 
that they see him. So, so that begs the question, how do, we, how do we grow the Christ life in us? How do we, how do we know, uh, pardon the cliche, but how do we know what Jesus would do in a given situation, right? Um, in Acts chapter 2, remember, just last week we celebrated Pentecost, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the birthday of the church that Jesus prophesied would happen uh, to Peter, right? Um, just last week, we celebrated the opportunity for this to become a reality. Just one chapter later, in Acts 2.42, um, we see how the church cultivated the life of Christ. Several of you are nodding because you know that verse, don't you? Yeah. You know Acts uh, 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, right? To the breaking of bread and to prayer. How did they cultivate the heart of Christ so that wherever they went, the, the presence of Christ would go with them? They, they devoted, they gave their, their top priority to the word of God, right? That's how we know Christ, through his word. Now, I know, I know there are a lot of other messages and voices out there and, and we are learning to trust and walk by the Holy Spirit, right? We are learning to do that. But the primary way, the primary way we know who Jesus is is through his word. I just want to invite you. How are you doing? Devote yourself to his word. And you will come to recognize Jesus. Devote yourself to his word. And, and, and you'll come to, to inculcate his values. Devote yourself to the, to the word and and everywhere you go, that word will go as well. But notice also that he said, and they devoted themselves to the fellowship. And, and I'm tempted to make jokes about fellowship, but I don't want to do that because, because um, we understand what this means. This is the deep-seated fellowship of, that comes with the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. Have you ever been in that situation where where you saw someone for the very first time, and, and, and it just seemed like your hearts were knit together, right? There, there, you just had something in common, even though there's no logical reason why that would be true. Um, you, you just felt drawn to that person, right? Um, there is an intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit that transcends all the brokenness, that transcends all the pain, right? And we've said clearly today, those are real things. But there is an intimacy that, that transcends that when at the center of our relationship is now the presence of God in our midst. That's the koinonia fellowship that they devoted themselves to. Notice it says also that they devoted themselves to breaking of bread. And, and for the last two months, we've experienced at a deeper level what that means like. Many of us have been isolated with just our families, and we found a, a new intimacy with our families, right? Many of us have been isolated with our families, and we want to kill each other, right? That's why we need the grace of God. But um, there's something that happens when you break bread. On the very night that Jesus was betrayed, he broke bread one last time, right? And I think that both of these ideas are incorporated here. The, the fellowship that comes from sharing bread together, but also the fellowship that comes from sharing the Lord's Supper together. There is an intimacy that comes. They devoted themselves to that. 
and how we long for that time when we can do this together. Today we're going to do it symbolically. I will do it on behalf of us, but, but, um, but how we long for that time when we can break bread again together. And then he said, um, lastly, they devoted themselves to prayer, to prayer. We've, I'm sorry, it's so tempting to just slip into the cliches. I don't want to do that. But unfortunately, most of us pray as a last resort rather than a first resort, right? We, we pray when nothing else seems to work. They devoted themselves to that. And, and, and in fact, the, we saw last week, for 10 days before Pentecost, they prayed together. They gathered together and prayed. I just want to invite you to devote yourself to God's word. Devote yourself to being together with people who have come to know Christ. Devote yourself to breaking bread with one another and with your neighbors, with those who, who are far from Jesus. Invite them to table fellowship. Devote yourself to the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And devote yourself to prayer. Wow. What is the church? It's the group of called out believers. What does the church do? It proclaims. It proclaims the name of Jesus. It proclaims the salvation of Jesus, right? It, it, it cultivates the heart of Christ by devoting themselves to, to the word of God and, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and, and to prayer, right? But how? What, what is the task then? of the people of church, having, having committed our lives to Christ, having, having cultivated the heart of Christ um, through his word and prayer and through, through the things that we learned in Acts 2, what is the task then of the church? It's the same task that the people of God have had from the very beginning. It's the same task that, that was articulated 600 years by God through the prophet Micah, right, uh, 600 years before the very time of Christ even, he said those three powerful things. Beloved, this is our task as well. What does the Lord require of us? To do justice. To do justice, right? In our previous study of this passage, we learned that, that judgment is discerning what is right? Many of you in your Sunday school class in a little while will explore this on a deeper level. Justice, or excuse me, judgment is discerning what is right, and that's very important. It's not casting uh, opinions about someone else's eternity. Um, it's just about discerning what is right. Justice, though, is about doing what is right. Doing what is right. Let me just say for a moment, well, we get it right every time. No, but uh, as we practice justice and, and we live in, uh, in fellowship with one another, we will help one another learn what that really means. I had the privilege, um, I had the privilege just two days ago of um, meeting with 75 uh, other pastors from the Evansville area. Uh, and it was about e equally divided um, between African-American pastors and, um, and, and Caucasian pastors. And, and what uh, a blessing to be able to hear one another, to be able to hear one another's fears, 
to be able to hear one another's joys, to be able to hear one another's hope, right? And, and, and to learn what steps, what would it mean for me to do justice in a, a, a tension like we're living in in these moments? And I was so grateful that my brothers and sisters in Christ loved me enough to patiently tell me of their experience so, so I could understand and maybe live differently. And, and I just really want to invite you. Um, God says, what, is, what, is, what do I require of you? I want you to do justice. And we're going to need one another to help discover what that means. But I love this second thing too, right? And I experienced it a couple of days ago with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, he says also love mercy. Our ESV translated it kindness. But, but if justice is, is, is getting what you deserve, then, then mercy is not getting what you deserve, right? Well, any of us want to stand right now and say, give me what I deserve, right? Give me, God, what I deserve. Because we know that none of us are righteousness and we're deserving of death. That's the essence of the gospel. Someone else came and took that punishment. No, no, in mercy, God, in mercy, uh, overlook my brokenness. In mercy, grant me the grace of Jesus Christ so that, so that I don't have to experience the natural consequences of my brokenness and pain. And beloved, doesn't it make sense then that we ought to offer that same thing to everyone else? Uh, and just watching, watching um, uh, owner of a store that was twice looted and then burned, just watching the owner of that store um, say, you know what, um, I, uh, I really regret that this happened and, and this has caused me un untold pain. But I know that, that it born out of pain. I know that there are people that are just doing things to cause pain. I'm not talking about those people. I know that, that a lot of the angst has been born out of pain. And that person in mercy, in mercy, forgave the people who destroyed this store. Um, we hear those stories all the time. That's why I love the Apostles' Creed, right? Because it speaks so much to, to these truths for us, right? We, we believe in this holy, set-apart uh, Christian church, right? We, we believe in the communion of the saints, that there's a, there's a beautiful thing that happens when we get together and, and fellowship and break bread together. But we believe also in the forgiveness of sins. We believe in the forgiveness of sins. And just as... As countless times, you, congregation, uh, you, friends from my childhood um, in, in Washington, in um, Southern California, in South Carolina, um, you forgave me so the key, wow, I'm saying it stronger than I wanted to, but the key to being able to do justice is, the, is also to be able to forgive. And, uh, and I invite you, Love, mercy, right? Extend forgiveness. I just want to press pause one more time and say, I think that's the struggle that we face right now. 
there are people that cannot and will not forgive. And, and so the cycle of pain and brokenness and generational sin is going to continue unless we make a difference, Tom. And unless, unless you and I courageously choose to step in and forgive, then, then this cycle is just going to repeat itself. Jesus forgives you. He forgives you. He took that punishment upon himself. Let's extend that to other people as well. And then the last thing that he says right there, how do you know what doing justice looks like? I mean, do you know, Kristen? I mean, you know, we have inklings, don't we? And, and you're only responsible for what you understand there to step into that. I love the third part of God's word to us through Micah. Walk humbly. Walk humbly, right? Every time I think I'm starting to get something and I get up on my soapbox and I start to proclaim, God reveals some other aspect that I didn't take into consideration. Walk humbly with one another. But beloved, far beyond that, walk humbly with God. Walk humbly with God. Let God lead you, right? And I know for some of us who, who haven't come from a place of faith, that, that, that sounds Pollyannish. It sounds, it sounds strange. Risk it. Risk it. You could, you could say, God, I'm not even sure that you're out there, but if you're out there, help me to know what is right. Help me to do what is right. Help me to see you and to follow in your footsteps, Lord. And, and my, my passion is is that I, I believe that God will answer your cry. I believe that he'll take away your fear. I believe that he'll grant you the ability to forgive even, yes, that person who hurt you so bad, right? That person. So I want to I wanna encourage you. You are the hope of the world, church. You are the community of the king. If we don't do this, nobody else will. So cultivate a heart like Christ's and then risk stepping out in faith and, and doing justice and extending even stronger, loving mercy and walking humbly with God. Jesus, I'm so grateful that you did that for us. I'm so grateful, um, Jesus, that you became flesh and dwelt among us, and, and you suffered greatly as a result. But you willingly risked misunderstanding. You willingly risked um, pain for yourself and for those whom you love so that we might find life. Jesus, I just ask you, meet us in this place. Would you pour out your grace and mercy on us would you? So that we might become the living presence of Christ in the world today. So that we might become life givers to others, even Jesus, as you have been a life giver to us. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this table that we're going to share in. We thank you for your gracious provisions for us. We, we worship you and invite you to take this simple bread and this simple cup and 
and to make them the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. We invite you, Jesus, to meet us in this sacrament and pour out upon us your grace. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Those of you at home, if you're able, I just invite you to bring out the juice, to bring out the bread. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm using sourdough bread here today. Um, break it out and, and um, prepare the elements so that you can partake even as we do. Those of you here with me in the sanctuary today, I just invite you to, um, to go back to your homes. Mike, go back to your home and, and share communion together as a family. Sarah, those of you who are going on the backpack trip, I just invite you to commune with the Lord and to share together this precious gift. You see, on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he broke bread. And he said, take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus, we remember you in this, your body. Thank you that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ because you bore that condemnation on the cross. We receive that gift. We remember you, Jesus. Those of you at home, if you would share that bread with one another. Jesus, we remember you. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. In other words, that in that moment that he shared with them, he was fulfilling everything that Jeremiah had prophesied. He was fulfilling the fact that you can have a new heart. Isn't that awesome? This old, tired, anxious, callous heart can be made new. And so can yours. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I'm sinful. I live among sinful people. But my eyes have seen the King. And so by faith, Jesus, I remember you. By faith, I partake of the blood of Christ. Jesus, live in me. And I in you, I ask in your precious name. Amen. Do this in remembrance of him. Oh, God, thank you so much for the privilege of knowing you. Thank you for the commission. You have called us out of the world. You have set us apart and made us holy. You have equipped us with everything we need through your Holy Spirit to be your presence in the world. And so, God, we surrender ourselves to your holy purposes. God, I just... So aware of those who have said that and, and paid 
the price for that with their lives. God, thank you for the hope that we have that this is not the sum total. Thank you, God, for the hope that we have that, that this is not all there is. God, you have set it apart an eternity for those who will trust in you. And so by faith, we step into that responsibility. By faith, we offer every aspect of our lives to you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you stand with us as we sing together our closing song, With Everything, With Everything. that you don't know how to do this perfectly. None of us do, right? But we worship a perfect God who is able to complete that which he's begun in you. So I encourage you in Jesus' name, leave the past behind, right? Let's enter into God's purpose for our life. Let's offer ourselves complete, holy to the one who is able to bless us. Those of you at home, let's live this week for his 
And if God allows, then let's come back together. Again, we're recommending if you're 65 and over, we, we invite you to use amazing wisdom. But, but if God would allow, let's come together and worship him together in person next week. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship and communion of his Holy Spirit be with you now. Amen. Amen. We worship you in everything, with everything. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you this week as you live out the Christ Life Church, and we will look forward with joy to being together next week. Bye-bye.